Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network and powered by the Fans First Sports Network where you can find other shows like Embrace Debate or Inside the Vault. Uh, today, please welcome to the show executive producer of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, owner and creator of Tobacco Road Sports Radio and Sports Carolina Monthly, co-host of Embrace Debate and the Believe in Panthers podcast, Mr. Desmond Johnson is with us. Des, how's it going, bud? What's up, man? What's going on? I didn't realize I was doing so much. Um <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of stuff. Yeah, you got you, you got your your what is it the feet and the, and the fire all over the place, man. Yeah, uh, it's crazy too because this summer I was bored out of my mind. I was basically just door ashing all month, and I was like, I can't wait for stuff to come back. And it all hit like the same week, <laughs> like everything hit at the same time. So can't complain. Oh, yeah. No, happy to be here. Glad you uh glad you asked me on. Yeah, man. Shout out to Michael Davis. A little under the weather. We're wishing him all the best. He'll be back with us here very soon. Uh, but but you mentioned it. You were bored during the summertime, and and we're right here in football season, approaching uh, the NFL Week One. So let's let's get into it. Since we didn't have a show last week, let's get into a couple of the of the storylines coming out of the last week of the preseason. First of all, uh, preseason Week Three, Bryce Young was able to finally find the end zone against the Detroit Lions, albeit and once again limited play time. And if you listen to the show. I was adamant that if, if Bryce Young could not find the end zone, that he needed to stay in the game. Uh, clearly, that didn't, that didn't happen. He found the end zone. We got we got to see four quarterbacks play in that game, or at least four pass four four players making pass attempts in this game. Uh, Des, your thoughts on the fact that Bryce Young, in his third preseason game, was finally able to uh, to find the end zone and what it might mean going forward into the regular season. I was never really worried. Um, Bryce Young seems to not get rattled. Like I was trying to think of a time where he's been like rattled, not not upset at a play that went wrong or anything, but like uh, actually rattled by defense. And I haven't really seen any of that really at any level I've watched him on. I knew it was only a matter of time. He's he's had, you know, random people in and out the lineup. They're not even running real plays really. So uh, it was good to see him in preseason week three kind of string together two pretty good drives it makes me feel more comfortable about uh them going forward on offense really it's gonna be a, a matter of who's available on uh on sunday in terms of who he's got to throw to that's what i'm more concerned about more than anything else but i was never really worried about bryce even after i came to 
grips with the fact that we were drafting him and kind of did my my due diligence into finding out about him and learning about him and hearing him now and seeing how he operates. I, I feel like he was the best pick um, for the Panthers in, in general. He was the number one pick. He feels like he separated himself from everyone else uh, in that draft. And maybe he was already there to begin with. Maybe I just needed a little convincing, but the, it's preseason. The touchdown didn't really mean, <laughs> didn't mean anything to me, really. I, I, it didn't matter to me if he played at all that third game, but – um, they probably needed it for confidence going into week one versus Atlanta because now they get to open up this playbook and actually work on the stuff that guys like Skylar Callahan and others that are down at training camp and practices have actually seen them doing. So um, I'm excited to see what kind of offense they have because right now no one knows what kind of offense they're running. They didn't really run one in the preseason on purpose. So excited about that, but uh, I was never really worried about Bryce. See, I was the exact opposite. So so uh, let's let me rephrase. I was never concerned about Bryce. I was concerned about the offensive line play and whether or not you want to open up the playbook. The offensive line was, was it looked pretty bad in the preseason. Every quarterback uh, behind that line of scrimmage was, was under pressure. A lot of sacks given up in the preseason. So I wanted to see that they were able to protect Bryce Young long enough to go and find the end zone. So I was, I was very adamant that he needed some play time. I mean, even if it was just to build the confidence, I think he needed to play in that game and play significant snaps to, to prove that as limited as they wanted to keep that offensive playbook in the preseason, that they were able to use some of it just to, to move the ball down the field and get into the end zone, which is what we saw. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not upset about it. Now you mentioned uh, uh, who's going to be available. Uh, every team in the NFL had to make roster cuts to get down to the, to the NFL limit 53 man roster. A couple of surprising names on this list. First of all, the Panthers acquire wide receiver, Amir Smith, Marset. Uh, I believe I hope I'm pronouncing that right. A wide receiver from Kansas City, but in that move they release uh, former, I believe he was a third or fourth round pick, Shy Smith from the University of South Carolina, who was I wouldn't say he was turning heads, but he was getting a lot of love in the preseason with the effort he was putting out. Another guy that they signed in the offseason that we all expected to be on this team, Deion Jones, another one of the victims of the final day roster cuts or the the final roster cuts of the season. Now, granted. The Panthers did go and sign Justin Houston, which is a huge addition to this defense. But you still think that Deion Jones is going to be kept on this on this roster for depth. Uh, what are your thoughts on the moves that the Panthers made right right heading into the regular season? Well, starting with Deion Jones, I think the main reason why he got cut when he got cut is because they were expar- expecting Marquise Haynes to come back. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's part of that. And if no one's picked up Deion Jones, I wouldn't be surprised if they go back and pick him up or at least put him on practice squad. Um because it sounds like the way Frank Wright and others are talking, they're looking at it as a 53-man roster plus those, was it 16 guys on practice squad? So they look at it as a, a full, yeah, full amount as opposed to just the 53. Uh, Shaw Smith was a bit of a surprise because we're going through some injuries at wide receiver. And the main thing you heard this, uh, this preseason with the Panthers receivers was separation, that they weren't getting enough separation from receivers or from defenders. Shaw Smith felt like he was, but... He feels like one of those dudes we talk about every preseason, like that he's having a good preseason and then he just can't really latch on during the regular season into a role of some sorts. Um, I was more surprised about Shy than anybody else, even though I know they went out and signed Deion Jones. Uh, but I'm not, I didn't go check to see if they've landed with other teams. I know that as of like 12 noon the next day, none of them have been picked up by teams. I know some have been picked up now, including uh, uh, Matt Corral. But mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I think Shy was the bigger surprise to me. I think they feel more comfortable about their defense and the parts they have there than the offense. So a little bit of a surprise Shy got uh, 
sent packing, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's back on this team at some point during the year. Yeah, especially with the injury to Terrace Marshall. I mean, he was carted off early in the preseason uh, with a back injury. I haven't seen any any real updates, even though he's he's on the depth chart uh, listed going into the regular season. But but I'm with you. Like again, as as I've I made it very clear that if I am nothing, I am a homer uh, for for my alma mater. That's okay. And it was really it was really it was really disappointing to see not only Shy Smith but Josh Van also get cut. Josh Van had an outside chance anyway as an undrafted free agent going into this offseason. But Shy Smith is when I when I checked uh, when I checked the interwebs, I did not see Shy Smith on any practice squad that he had been picked up by anybody. But you did mention Matt Corral, uh, Michael, and I talked a lot about Matt Corral on the show and what he needed to do to sort of secure a roster spot uh, because we obviously knew that Bryce Young was taking over as the starter. Andy Dalton was going to be the backup. So what does that, where does that leave Matt Corral? Matt Corral is waived. And instead of the Panthers going after him and trying to, trying to re-sign him onto the practice squad, he signs with the Patriots. Now the Patriots is a whole nother story because they, they cut everybody in their quarterback room, except for Mac Jones. Uh, would go and re-sign, uh, what can I say his name now, Bailey Zappi as well as Matt Corral to go to the Patriots practice squad. Now, granted, again, Andy Dalton, phenomenal backup to have. He's serviceable. If something happens to Bryce Young, he can he can keep this offense into some games. But was it a mistake by the Panthers not to at least re-sign Matt Corral to the practice squad? Well, they couldn't. Uh, they had to let him go first. They had to let him go through waivers. So what So what happened was he didn't choose to sign with the Patriots. The Patriots claimed him off of waivers. And, and for those that don't know how it works, once you cut a player, they have to make it through waivers, meaning every team in the league has to have an opportunity to pull him off of waivers. And I believe they do it off of uh, your record from the previous year. So if you get past all 31 teams, then you become eligible to come back to the original team you were, and they can resign you, put you on practice squad, or, or you can sign with anybody. You become a free agent pretty much at that point. It's funny, too, because Corral's been attached to the Patriots since he landed in the league, because if people remember the pick that the Panthers traded to trade up into the third to draft Matt Corral, they traded with the Patriots. So that was actually the Patriots pick to begin with. And now <laughs> it's weird how it comes back around. Full circle. He's back, he's with the Patriots. And I'll tell you what, man, I would not be surprised if Matt Corral is starting for the Patriots by midseason. Like, they, I don't think they're sold on Matt Jones. And Matt Corral could fit in there pretty pretty snug uh and 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 get going pretty quickly especially after being uh at carolina for the past you know couple of months with these quarterback gurus frank wright and uh uh you know jim caldwell and uh josh mccown he's been too too underneath them for the past three or four months and now you hand him off to bill belichick so it's like i, I would not be surprised if matt corral is starting for the patriots by mid uh, early november early november i could see, i could see him starting the game do you think if Matt – and this is – I'm going to throw a hypothetical at you, just a really, really hard hypothetical. Okay. Matt Corral doesn't get hurt last year in, in the preseason. He will eventually start some games for the Carolina Panthers. If Matt Corral never gets hurt, do the Panthers draft Bryce Young? Yeah, they still get him because I don't think anything changes. Uh, Steve Wilkes wouldn't be the head coach. Um, just to, really, you have to add on – if Matt Corral played games with the Panthers have won the division, because that's really the real question. Cause if they had won the division, Steve Wilkes is probably still here, mm -hmm. but I don't think it would have see the way Wilkes was running the team as an interim head coach. He was really favoring the run. So I don't really don't know how much we would have seen of Matt Corral. Now he might've completed some of the passes that Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold uh, could not, 
but we don't know. Like we, we honestly have no idea because we hadn't really seen him. Uh, so I don't think it would have changed too much. I don't think it would have changed who got hired. Like it's one of those big like Marvel what if type things. Like so many things could have bloomed out of that. But I, I find it hard to believe that Matt Corral could have potentially been the savior of the franchise and kind of kept things intact just if he was on the field. Like, I, I don't think he's going to be that kind of quarterback. I think he can be a steady hand. I think he can learn quick. He could end up being a pretty good quarterback under the right hands. But I, I, with the way things were going last year, it felt like they were going to be run heavy regardless of who quarterback was. And we saw that through multiple quarterbacks. They were still running the ball 30, 40 times a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of a run the ball, stop the run type philosophy, which I loved. But I don't think it would have showcased Matt Corral. They didn't really have the the coaching staff to showcase Matt Corral at that point, too. So um, I don't think that it would have made – I don't think it would have made much of a difference. And to be honest, I thought they were going to come in with two quarterbacks anyway. So the right one was on the wall. I didn't think they were going to carry three. Uh, Andy Dahl might be the best backup quarterback in the whole league. So other than Cooper Rush. So, I mean, that's where I am with with Corral. So (laughs) is Cooper Rush the backup anymore? Or is is, is Trey Lance sitting third string to to Cooper Rush now? Trey Lance has gone to the practice squad or they're going to storm away for a couple of years. Trey Lance got given the keys in San Francisco and could not hold on to the starting job. I I refuse to believe that he's going to beat out Cooper Rush. (laughs) Why would would you give up a fourth round pick for a guy who couldn't cut it in, 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 in an offense like San Francisco? I just... It doesn't uh, make sense to me. I think some of it is like mind games playing with Dak. Like, hey, we got this tucked away two years from now when your contract's up and you're going to start asking us for money again. We got another kid over here who, by all accounts, metric-wise, can throw farther than you. He's bigger than you. He's faster than you. He's younger than you. So just keep that in mind. We got him over here. But I don't think that they would want to replace Dak with Trey Lance unless two years down the road they're just seeing this in practice and they just can't deny it. Like a Tony Romo-type situation. You know what I mean? Like, And I don't know if that's going to happen, but – Trey Lance doesn't need snaps. He hasn't really played football since 2020, really. Uh, I mean, I think he only played like 19 games in college and then got hurt last year. So they can, you know, th- that that wasn't intended for him to be the backup or anything in Dallas at all. I think he's a project. Uh, if anything, Dak needs to be worried about Cooper Rush taking his job because I think Rush ran that offense more effectively than, than Dak did. And uh, Dak starts throwing these interceptions again. You know how the Dallas fans are. They'll just turn. <laughs> so, like, I it mean, it doesn't take probably, much. They're probably wanting to turn right now. So, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I think Trey's going to be a threat to Dak anytime soon. You mentioned, you mentioned Dalton being one of the best, if not the, the best backup in the league. I'm, I'm going to go back to Matt Corral for just a second and then we'll move on. Because you mentioned that he could potentially be the starting quarterback for New England mid, you know, come, come November. Uh, do you think that Matt Corral has a future in the league? Like, again, we haven't seen much of him, but I I remember watching him throwing bombs against the South Carolina defense when he was playing at Ole Miss. He has an arm. He was he seemed like a pretty mobile quarterback. Had he not gotten hurt in his bowl game, I don't think his draft stock falls, you know, uh, I guess lower than it does. What what are realistic expectations now that Matt Corral is out of Carolina and, and now with the New England Patriots? Well, it depends on what well, depending on where he landed and being in New England, it's pretty ideal. He's like, again, only Mac Jones is there and Mac Jones is probably the same age as him. So you're kind of dealing with a situation where he can kind of really come in and really compete because Mac Jones hasn't really locked that position down as I am the starter. He's just like the incumbent, like somebody can come in and take him out if they show enough. And if Mac Corral's talented enough and can get in it quick enough, who's the, uh, who's the OC in uh, New England? Um, 
Oh, it's Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I could see Matt Corral flourishing in Bill O'Brien's offense, to be honest. Uh, I just I, I fear the Patriots don't have enough skill position players around him to make him successful today. Um, but if it almost feels like the Patriots are going back to where they were early 2000s, where they're going to lean heavy on their defense. The quarterback just needs to not make mistakes. They're going to run the football, no turnovers. Uh, Matt Corral could probably play in that system, but it sounds like Matt Corral needs to be more of a uh, slinger of the football, sort of. He seemed he kind of strikes me as a, a, a kind of a gunslinger at heart, but he's not gonna be able to do that in New England, <laughs> so I don't know. But it might be good for his career to just reset before he even began. What better place to do it than with you know the the goat, the greatest of all time, Bill Belichick, uh, in New England? So I think he has a shot, um, just because of where he ended up landing. They'll do everything they can to squeeze whatever talent he has out, but I. Once you get past like second round, third round, it's really hard to determine if a player is going to be able to stick around, especially at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you've only got guys like Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott who are those middle round quarterbacks who turn out to have a decent career, at least for a short period of time. It's still, we're still, you know, out that the jury's out to see if, if Russell Wilson can turn around and then Denver. And then again, we've already talked about Dak Prescott. If he can't, uh, if he can't, you know, prevent the interceptions. Uh, then, then we might see Cooper Rush. All, all of it kind of comes back to the fact that, you know, not only is the NFL season upon us, fantasy football is upon us. And there are some new faces in Carolina that I'm sure there are a lot of people wondering whether they should draft them in their fantasy drafts. I know personally, at least in one draft, I went after Miles Sanders, I believe somewhere around the third round. Um, I know, uh, shout out shout out to the commission of Suplex City, uh, Will Smith in, in, our, in our big league, uh, got Bryce Young super late, which is a, it's it's weird because the way our, our keepers keeper rules are set up, um, if you draft past the eleventh round and you don't drop the guy, you can keep him as your last round pick next year. So oh. if Bryce Young turns out to be that that guy, dude, yeah, uh, that's a that's... last round keeper for for Bryce Young for for my guy Will. Damn. Um, again, a lot of new faces here in Carolina. Uh, what do you expect from from a fantasy football perspective here with the Panthers? I mean, we got a, we got a a pretty good defense with some really good players up front. You got a couple of new receivers. A tight end that's built a great rapport that I've made some very outlandish comments about my unrealistic expectations for Hayden Hurst. Uh, what do you think? The, what are you expecting to see from a fantasy perspective uh, here in Charlotte? Uh, well, out of the whole team, I would pick the Panthers' defense on on uh, uh, fantasy football because I, I feel like they do have the the cornerstones to be a top ten defense. Like they have an all pro level or a pro bowler at all three levels of the defense that now that all this depends on whether or not Brian Burns is there <laughs> and actually playing, but Brian Burns and Derek Brown up front on that line, then the linebacking core clearly is the best linebacking core in the NFC South. It might be a top five unit overall in the, in the whole league in terms of uh, using Frankie Louvu and uh, Brian Burns and Shaq Thompson and, uh, Justin Houston. That's that's pretty good. That's a lot. I can't of imagine those three guys on a linebacker <laughs> blitz, man. I cannot imagine that on an all-out linebacker blitz. I mean, we must. They'd be terrifying. Yeah, man. Frankie Louvu is about to have a. Well, he had a breakout season last year with over 100 tackles. But I think the nation's going to find out about Frankie Louvu this year. And then uh, in the secondary, uh, I think J.C. Horn is a top five cornerback. The problem is he just hasn't been out there long enough for people to realize it. But if you look at his metrics and what he's done when he's out there. He's as close to a shutdown corner you're going to get in today's NFL. So they have the pieces there. I would trust the Panthers' defense on on uh, fantasy football. On offense, it's a little bit harder. Miles Sanders is a good pick because he's going to be the lead backs and get most carries. 
this line is more of a run blocking line than pass blocking, which is why they looked so good the last eight games last year. That's why Icky got graded so highly because they were running the ball like 50 times. So wasn't a lot of opportunity to block for the passer. So we might see some of those warts come out this year as they throw a little bit more. I, I, if my understanding is correct, Frank Wright loves tight ends in his offensive scheme. So he, he utilizes them a lot. It's probably why they kept five of them on the 53-man roster. I'd probably – Hurst is a good one. Uh, I don't know about Tommy Trimble, like wasting a pick, maybe late round, something like that. But the tight end and that, and that offense is going to be really important too. I don't know wide receiver-wise I would take anybody here except for Adam Thielen. Um, he might be like the safety valve for Bryce. So he, I could see him catching, you know, 60, 70 balls this year. I'm waiting for Jonathan Mingo. That's that's the guy I think is going to be the one that's going to be ultimately Bryce's number one target. I just don't think it's going to be this year. Um, and then I haven't heard much for Terrace Marshall Jr. in terms of his injury and what's going on there because we were high on him coming into the offseason. Mm-hmm. He's got some young guys, but I don't know if I'd, I'd put anybody fantasy football-wise there. I'd probably be Thielen at wide receiver. Sanders is probably your picket running back in, in the Panthers' defense. So Michael's going to be going to love to hear the fact that you're so high on, on Mingo. He, he really thinks that Mingo's year is this season. He thinks that Mingo is going to break out. Um, obviously we didn't mean to mention DJ Chark. He went down with a hamstring injury that hamstring injuries with wide receivers scare me because it will linger at least half the season. Yeah. I mean, if you look over, you look out West Cooper cup had a, had a hamstring injury early in camp. And now uh, he had a setback where he had to go to a specialist too. Uh, to, to take a look at. So DJ Shark kind of scares me. Um, I have made the outlandish comment, uh, considering that Reich likes likes to play with his tight ends, that Hayden Hurst will either catch 80 to 90, either have 80 or not to 90 receptions or have a thousand yards in this offense. Is that is that crazy? Is is that completely to steal Michael's Michael's catchphrase out of pocket of me. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's crazy because uh, again he does utilize the tight end. Sometimes I use I think he uses two tight end sets. So I, you could see a set with Hayden Hurst and Tommy Tremble out there, or uh, you know something to that effect where one of them maybe drops back and plays fullback because they, they didn't keep a fullback as far as I'm, uh, I remember correctly. Um, I don't think it's far fetched. I, I guess it really depends on how much you think Bryce is going to throw for total his rookie year. Um, I could see. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about four thousand yards. Rook, well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. Now I'm starting to think. I mean, the division's not it's, crazy. I was going to say he he gets two games against the Bucks, two games in the against the Falcons. Yeah. The Saints are the only defense that I'm really worried about. So we've got four easy games right there where he can throw it three, four hundred yards pop. And he's going to have a couple of times to just sling it. Like I think, yeah, I think Bryce gets to 3,500, 3,800 yards. If he does that, then yeah, he's got somebody near a thousand. So. It probably will be the tight end. So yeah, I think that's I don't think that's far fetched. I think Hurst could get to a thousand yards at least. I don't know about the 80, 90 catches that because he's got multiple guys. And so we know who he's settled on wide receiver wise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could say the tight end's gonna get 80, 90 catches like a you know, like a like a Kelsey or somebody, but um they will focus on Hurst in this offense, I do believe. Well, I uh I I personally love the fact that you mentioned JC Horn, a former Gamecock, and Hayden Hurst. Former Gamecock. I'm always going to beat the beat the drum of my former Gamecock. You, you, yo, you should after the weekend that you had to go through this weekend because I'm a Carolina I'm, I'm a Carolina fan. So like I I I know what y'all you, yeah <laughs> y'all was, all through it. So <laughs> listen, the only two teams. This is not a joke. I'm I'm, I'm talking about this on on tap outs and touchdowns later this week. There are only two football teams in the state of South Carolina that won football games over the weekend: Charleston Southern and Furman. Clemson and South Carolina lost to Duke and North Carolina. 
Uh, Coastal Carolina lost to UCLA. Now they beat they they beat they covered the spread, so so that works out for me. But but nevertheless, it oh. was a. I don't know what happened. And Citadel got waxed by by Georgia Southern. So Clemson looked awful. Like I call high school football on Friday nights here for radio, and they look like a high school team, like a bad high school team. Like you can't say that uh, that Clemson is not overrated when they go into the red zone four times and have two blocked field goals and two fumbles. (laughs) Like you can't lose twenty one point. Like you can't lose twenty eight to seven to Duke. Like. You just can't. <laughs> so I was genuinely surprised they were still in the top twenty-five, ranked twenty-fifth in the second polls. Yeah. Um. Listen, as a uh, as a South Carolina fan, I wanted to do the classy thing and be like, you know what? We suffered through it Saturday. Clemson has to suffer through it Monday. Like yeah. I get it. Uh, however, um, I, I I hope and pray that the Clemson fans who screamed that if you put Cade Klubnick in against South Carolina, we never lose that game because that was the quarterback that played the entire four quarters against the Duke Blue Devils on Monday night and mustered a total of seven points. And meanwhile, so, uh, DJ Ungalele across the country at, where did he go, Oregon State? Oregon State, yeah. He, I think he threw for three touchdowns. Yeah, he was like 20 for 24. Yeah. <laughs> it's just he was ripping. Down. Now, granted, I don't know if – I don't. It's, it's still out to see whether or not Duke is going to really be that good. Or if Clemson District is going to be this bad this year. I mean, I've saw Clemson fans who have been beating their chests. Oh, yeah, Clemson, this is this is a dynasty. We're going to be here forever. Have now gone back to, you know what? We're going back to the Tommy Bowden days, eight and five, or oh, eight gosh. and four, six and six. Like, really? Just, just one loss to Duke just caused we, them to just go. They're, they're completely <laughs> off the bandwagon. Like, you know what? Like, wow. we got to see the best Clemson had to have. We got two national titles in their lifetime. That's all that matters to me. I'm good now. I we know were, we're going to be bad. It's just, that's, that's just what they have to deal with. Well, you know, some of that. Uh, is because of the way Debo recruits and builds his team. He doesn't really yeah. believe in the portal. And as we saw this weekend, you can build a whole team in the portal in the offseason. I go ask Deion Sanders how he built that Colorado team in like four months. <laughs> like literally. I can't, I can't wait to talk about that game. I can't. It's That was – I'll never understand. And then I saw a meme with Deion Sanders talking to a kid from TCU, and uh, the, the text for the meme was, the one coach you don't want talking to your players after a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like i mean seriously like it's it's like that vibe we're like you know oh, all yeah. those players on that sideline were looking over there like man they look like they're having a lot of fun over there like i hadn't i didn't realize cavassier smoke uh transferred from kentucky over to colorado dude everybody no in colorado <laughs> like yeah. they got everybody like, i'll I, tell you what shador sanders put himself up in the in the list for for heisman after, after the game that too. he had Travis Hunter too. Like they oh. both, like both of them have got to be front runners for the Heisman, right? Like I don't and remember I, anybody else like flashing this past weekend other than those two dudes. Well, and now, and and we'll get back to Panthers here in two seconds. Now that we saw what Nebraska could do with former Panthers head coach Matt Rule and former South Carolina offense coordinator Matt uh, Marcus Satterfield, we saw how that how that ended for them. And now Nebraska gets to play Colorado this week. So. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about this on Believe in Panthers because we weren't even going to talk. We weren't going to mention Matt Rule's name this year. And I was like, you know, in that press conference, Colorado versus Nebraska, somewhere in there, he's going to mention the Carolina Panthers. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why he keeps talking about us, but he's going to. So we're already looking forward to recapping that on Believe in Panthers next week. It has nothing to do with us. (laughs) But we're going to bring it up. But, I mean, we love it. We love the whole thing. I'm I'm behind Coach Prime in Colorado. I posted it around, like, halftime. I was like, regardless, win or lose, I'm following this Colorado team the rest of the year because I really don't follow college football that much anyway, mm-hmm. uh, other than my Tar Heels, and you know how that goes. But this Colorado team feels fun. Like, it feels like they can be 
give them a month. They keep winning games like this. They're going to get pushed into the top 10. Like, and then the fun's really going to begin. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. But confidence goes a long way with these kids and prime's got it in buckets. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Yep. We had a fun week one in college football and now we get a week one in the NFL Des, your opinion, what are the keys to the game here, week one at the Atlanta Falcons? Simple as simple can be. Stop the run, run the football. It's it's tried and true. It's been the same on every level of football since the 1800s. It's going to be the same on Sunday. The Panthers can, can, the Panthers can limit the Falcons to under 100 yards rushing, and they can get 100-plus yards rushing themselves. They will win the football game. That's kind of how I feel about it right now going into it. Atlanta is limited a little bit on offense other than – uh, Kyle Pitts, but he needs a quarterback to throw it to him. We haven't seen enough from Desmond Ritter. I've been hearing he's been doing really good things, but everybody's been doing good things in preseason, so we got to see it. And then uh, Bajon uh, Robinson, the running back they drafted uh, in the top 10 this past uh, draft, I expect him to get a pretty heavy load of carries, but this is his first NFL game ever. So, like, you know, let's see what exactly he can do. The Atlanta defense is suspect, so I feel like this is a good first game for the Panthers on the road to really try this offense out. Now, I think we're going to see some – not some uh, trickery, but we're going to see some things in this offense that we didn't see a bit of in preseason. We're like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, and I think that's what's going to help. I've got the Panthers winning this game on the road week one. Yeah, listen, I, uh, I'm i right there with you. I think as long as it's been since the Carolina had a high-powered offense, I just want to see them put some points on the on the board. Uh, I, I I don't think Desmond Ritter is a good quarterback. I've, I've been very adamant that Desmond Ritter – is is not the answer in Atlanta. They're going to yeah. be at the bottom of the league, picking picking one of those Caleb Williams, maybe Shador Sanders, or whoever the case oh, is. Lord. Whoever's coming out. Oh gosh, I didn't even think about Shador Sanders being in the NFC South. Yeah. So <laughs> and and Dion oh. played for played for Atlanta. So oh no. Uh, so yeah, it's oh, no. uh, it's. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I I think I'm I'm right there with you. I think Leon Miles Sanders coming off a career season. Uh, get the ball out to your Adam Thielen, to your uh, Hayden Hurst. Make the game easy for Bryce Young to to build to, to build some some momentum to to get his you know his feet underneath him, and then just kind of be that stifling defense that we think the Panthers can be. So, Des, you you said Panthers win. What's your what's your what's your score prediction here? Uh I'm gonna go 30-27 Carolina. Uh, kind of a high flying week one filling each other out type of game i think uh we're gonna be trying to both sides are gonna be trying new things again nobody knows what carolina's running um now granted a lot of that is based on me expecting brian burns out there on sunday uh, i feel like between now and really this time tomorrow eh, by thursday i think they should have something in place uh they need to have something in place about midnight tonight really but I, I don't think they're going to let this go much longer. If they got the bite the bullet, pay more than they wanted to, and so be it. But I think both sides are waiting because they're waiting on Joey Bosa. Bosa sounds like he's ready to hold out. So I don't think that Burns is willing to go that far. So as we get closer to Friday, I think that they'll do something. They'll figure something out. I don't know if it'll be just a three-year deal with more guaranteed money in it or they inch him closer to what he wants. Four years, hundred millions, twenty-five million per, but that puts them at the top of what's right now. Like that would not—they're talking Bosa's probably gonna get like thirty or whatever, which is gonna completely reset the market for defensive end. So I totally get why Burns is waiting this out. You don't want to settle for twenty-one and you're a top-five DE, and all of a sudden Joey Bosa gets a four-year, hundred twenty million dollar extension, you know, and he's getting paid thirty million per, and you're like, 
I, I just played myself because I, I came back too early and the fans don't understand that. So that's what's going on. Like Stu said earlier today to me, it's a business. Uh, no hard feelings once it's over. The team and the players are usually fine after the fact, but they know what it is. Um, he didn't even have to be there, like, but he's still there in the meetings and stuff preparing. So it, it'll work itself out. Yeah, I'm with you as far as the score goes too. Um, even with without Brian Burns, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm gonna say 27-13. I think I think the Falcons are just that bad. But Bijan Robinson is gonna be the only one they got to worry about. Uh, like you said, Kyle Pitts he's a quarterback. Kyle Pitts is is wasting the prime of his career in Atlanta. He needs to go somewhere else. Um, but I like I like Carolina Panthers to win this weekend. Uh, Des, let's close out the show. Tell everybody where they can find you because like like I said to start the show, you got a lot of stuff going on, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's football season, so I'm all over the place. Uh, the best way is to follow me on Twitter at uh, DEZ underscore 3505 X, whatever they're calling. Now we're going to keep calling it Twitter. So yeah. you can follow me over there. Um, go to YouTube. You can follow the, the Tobacco Road Sports Radio uh, YouTube channel. We're trying to get to a thousand subscribers by the end of the month. I think we just crossed 900. So uh, just go to Tobacco Road Sports Radio, just search it in YouTube um, or go to youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Uh, the Believe in Panthers podcast is there. Uh, you can go to sportsclonomonthly.com for articles. Myself and other writers are, are doing over there uh, locally here in the area. I'm just, if you just Google my name, I'll, I'll pop up something somewhere. <laughs> so like you, it's, I'm not hard to find. So you can find me if you're looking for me. <laughs> yeah. I, listen, I thought I was busy with tap outs and touchdowns. And Des is on like, he's got like 18 different things going I know. on. <laughs> high school football games and stuff. You can find me on, on X, on Twitter, at tapouts and teenies, facebook.com. Slash tap outs and touchdowns every Monday. We do our wrestling show. Uh, Wednesdays, we do our live football shows where we talk all things football, fantasy football, etc. That normally go uh, Thursday onto the, the podcast space. Uh, and then our YouTube channel uh, at tap outs and touchdowns as well. Uh, we are up against it. So we're, we're going to call it a show. So now you can exit the cat cave until next week. But listen to more content on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and more Carolina centric podcasts on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Powered by the Fans First Sports Network. For Desmond Johnson, I'm Ryan Frick, and we'll see you next week right back here inside the Cat Cave.